Best of Times live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you to, for tuning into our show and also thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about some legislative changes that could help seniors and boomers in our wonderful state of Louisiana. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, May the 15th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel and 101.7 FM, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live. It has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Now that we have the three vaccines for COVID-19, it's going to be up to you to make that decision to get the vaccine in the coming weeks and months. Hopefully these vaccines and other precautions will help us get the world back to normal as before. Be sure to pick up the May issue of the best of times at one of our 270 distribution locations. There are there are still available some issues, but again, if you're unable to find a copy of our magazine, you can always view it free of charge online from our popular website at thebestoftimesnews.com. View both current and past issues of our magazines, as well as to view and download the current 2000. 21 Silver Pages, Senior Research Director, which is our most popular publication. A few of those copies are, rema- are available at some of our 270 distri- distribution locations, but there are very few of them out there. Again, you can always visit our website to view it, uh, the, the Silver Pages, or visit our app on Silver Pages as well to, to uh, uh, view and get the valuable information that's contained in the Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. Just a few comments about our May issue. This is that we've had a lot of positive comments about it already. Uh, our feature issue, a feature, excuse me, article says we could almost vacation. Get ready for the virtual tourism. And so we, we're suggesting to you, okay, we're all many, many places throughout the world are starting to be opened up for us to go vacation and visit even throughout the United States and our neck of the woods. Uh, but we have given you a little taste of doing it virtually before you go. So um, our, our writer, Kathleen Ward, investigated this particular information and story and gives you various websites and discussions about, uh, about the topics of doing, doing a virtual tour guide before you even possibly go to these places, or if you don't even go, they're remarkable. So I suggest that you pick up this issue and learn about these particular areas in Europe, in the Far East, and Africa, and Central and South America, even North America, as well as, well, of course, as well as the Africa and the Middle East area. So it, it is remarkable about some of the virtual vacation. Uh, you can learn about virtual tourism by visiting tourist places without even going there. But if you do go there, you'll have a 
little uh, overview about what's happening in those particular areas and what to see and what to do. Of course, our puzzle pages are very, very popular with our readers and they continue to be some challenging. Uh, some of you take a little bit a longer time to, to tell me to, to, the, to complete them. But again, I, again, it's a good a brain work and many, many of our readers love that. Pick up, be sure to read the interesting case about the case of the really bad landlord by our writer Lee Aronson. It is a rem- remarkable story. Uh, you, need to, you need to read this to learn all about it. Uh, we talk about the benefits of using a pressure cooker in cooking. It's uh, an item that uh, a lot of us have at our homes and sometimes seldom use, but, uh, but our, our writer there explains the benefits of using it and how to go about using it as well. Uh, how to organize are your important papers. Our, our great uh, writer, Judge Jeff Cox, gives us, gives us an overview of what, how to organize those important papers at your home uh, for, for now or for the future or for your loved ones, etc. So I highly recommend that you, uh, that you read that particular order, implement those particular items. Our, our readers love our stat medical news and information. And, of course, it's always quite popular. We try to give a, a lot of information, the useful information that you can use to, to, uh, to help you or your loved ones as well. And last but not least, what's cooking is our in every issue. Protect your health with health smart eating plan. So, again, pick up the May issue the best of times. If you're unable to find a printed copy, you can always go to our website at thebestoftimesnews.com. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and A-Bears 10 and Country S. Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest. is Mr. Andrew Mole, the Director of Advocacy with AERP Louisiana. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Hey, Gary. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I wanted you to come on our show today to educate our listeners throughout the area. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to apologize already to my wonderful listeners that listen to me for years and years and years in Texas and Arkansas. Some of these issues will probably not impact you, but you might want to learn. They might need to be Im- impacted in your particular states as well. So, But, again, we're going to be focusing on certain things and changes, legislative changes and other items that could benefit seniors and boomers in Louisiana. So um, I'm going to apologize already. I hope you don't. I hope you still listen. You might want to broach these with uh, your compatriots of uh, in uh, in those states of uh, Arkansas as well as in East Texas and in, in the Texas area. So is that a, is that a good thing? You can't speak on behalf of uh, what's happening uh, in in those two states, right? No, but I tell you what, you would be surprised how many of our issues here in Louisiana do overlap with some of our surrounding states, whether it's Mississippi or Texas or Arkansas. 
we sometimes share a lot of the same challenges that those uh, states uh, uh, face. So actually, there may be some pretty important information that, um, that they, they may be able to glean from our conversation. And as, of course, you know, AARP is uh, located in all 53, uh, 50 states as well as um, some of our uh, surrounding areas. So, you know, there, there might be things that apply to everybody. And I, and I do know, I will tell listeners, that they share uh, uh, advocacy and, and dealing and getting on the positive thing, both for, both for AARP uh, members uh, and non-members. So, again, it's, it's, you, we, benef- you, we benefit not just members. We benefit seniors and boomers in all these states, right? That's right. And one of the things that I always like to remind folks is that even if you're not a senior, even if you're not a, a boomer or an AARP member, um, a lot of the issues that we work on are multi-generational. So um, what might affect uh, an 80-year-old uh, an 80-year-old man um, and might also affect a 20-year-old man or a 20-year-old woman um, because things like um, making sure our streets are safe and walkable and livable and those kinds of things affect uh, the woman with a baby in a stroller just like it would um, somebody who's a senior who's also, uh, you know, uh, challenged with, uh, you know, uh, traffic and those kinds of things. So really it, it does apply to, to everyone. Well, that's, that's good to know. So let, let's, let's talk about some of these issues, but I, I want to talk about the, the mo- one of the most important ones is COVID-19 and the vaccines. There are three approved vaccines so far in the United States that are available for, for people of all, almost all ages now. And uh, I know that the state of Louisiana has a campaign called, is it called Sleeves Up? It's called Sleeves Up, Bring Back Louisiana. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, uh, Well, just a couple stats about uh, the current, how the current vaccine process is going. Um, Louisiana currently, this was um, as of this week, Louisiana, uh, one out of every three Louisianans has received at least one dose of of the vaccine. um, And a little over 25% of the Louisiana population has been uh, fully vaccinated, um, and with leadership of um, the governor of Louisiana, uh, John Bell Edwards, as well as the uh, Louisiana Department of Health, um, we've been able to launch a grassroots uh, COVID vaccine campaign with a very simple goal. Uh, the goal is to make sure that no community gets left behind, um, and uh, the purpose is really to bring COVID vaccines to communities of concern through these different community events and targeted outreach, and the Department of Health has done a great job of making sure that information is widespread, and you can go to their website. Um, it's just ldh.la.gov backslash coronavirus, and you'll have everything you need to know um, with vaccinations, um, uh, COVID rates, uh, and just all the important information broken down by parish and even broken down by uh, health regions. So there's a lot of really good information out there uh, on the Department of Health website. How do we compare Louisiana with other states in, in the percentage of uh, one dosage or two dosages? Do, do you know? We've actually, that's a good question. We've actually done a really good job here in Louisiana 
I don't have the most current, up-to-date um, stats of how we stack up with other states, but we really came out of the gates um, really strong, and um, we've done a really good job of, of, of getting uh, folks the information they need to make an informed and educated decision as well as getting vaccinated. And, um, you know, what I'll say is that um, this is something that really has been a priority for the state, uh, as well as the governor, and as well as, of course, AARP. Um, so I think because we've all been able to work together, we've been able to really make a lot of inroads. I mean, we still have a long way to go. And I think, you know, folks who are uh, reading the newspaper and following this story on television will see, or on, online, will see that, um, you know, we're, we're starting to run into a situation where most of the people that want to get vaccinated have. So that really is up to us then to, um, to educate uh, the population to make sure that they have the most up-to-date information in front of them and can make an informed decision based on, um, you know, on, 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 their, on their situation. So that's really where we are right now. Um, and it's really kind of breaking through um, some of that to make sure that people have the most current data uh, so they can um, then decide what they want to do next. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's a positive aspect right now because in months months ago, it was frustrating. I, I, I've had many of my readers and radio show listeners that I saw out and about or called me or emailed me were, were so frustrated the, the vaccination. I mean, it was that was several months to get the the vaccination. I mean, it was that was several months ago, uh, and others got it so easily that would be they would be pestered to death, and they couldn't make it when they were called and said we have a we're going to schedule an appointment. So I think there was some frustration about um, distribution system throughout throughout our state. I'm sure many other states had the same scenario. I mean, I talked to some of my friends up in Maryland that. You know, and they were in the 70s, and they could they could not get an appointment for many many months to get the get their vaccination. Which, you know, they said it was a lot of a lot of faults. But uh, you know, I don't think we had that dire situation. But I I do know that you know throughout our state, uh, the few people that I've talked with in the part of South Louisiana as well as North Louisiana, there, there was some frustration. Do you do you feel the same way? Well, I would I would say that. Our situation in Louisiana was much different than some of the other states, kind of what you alluded to. Um, I know that Texas had a much longer wait than uh, than we did. And, yeah, there might have been some initial bumps in the road, as you're always going to have anytime you're launching a big, robust campaign like this. But I would say that ours really was smoother than most states initially. Uh, and um, and I and that's just you know anecdotal um, because I have family in Texas and friends in Texas and when I was comparing our situation to theirs theirs was a lot worse off than than we were um, there were a lot of um, even my parents had a lot had to wait a lot longer uh, to get a vaccine than even than even I did so I think that um, you know it states it varies state to state but I think Louisiana on the whole did a really good job. In fact, oh, I do too. Uh, I'm, I'm not knocking him. In, in yeah. comparison with other states, I think we did, you know, fairly fairly good job. But I'm saying there were some people got 
did not know the rules and when they waited in line in the cars that they had an appointment and it was several months ago and they were told they waited in hours and they walked up and they weren't allowed to get the vaccine because they didn't know how they had enough yeah. vaccines available for the people that already pre-registered. So I had people that said, why didn't they tell us that? And I said, well, they probably did. You didn't read the fine print. You had to call this number to make an appointment or go online to make this, this phone number. I mean, some of them were in, in their 80s and 70s and didn't do a lot of uh, 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 Internet access and email access but so i got a few of those calls and and you know i i contacted yeah. some of the healthcare providers why don't you make it easier for them to and eventually of course you don't even have to end appointment you show up to these uh vaccination sites and uh, they will give you the back they will give you the vaccine right the pop-up right. vaccination that's, that's sites that were yeah. that were that that's being implemented throughout our state now i think you told me that yeah go ahead Oh, no, I was just going to say, if you go to that website, the ldh.la.gov slash coronavirus, uh, the first thing that pops up um, is the sleeves up, bring back Louisiana logo. And so if you click on that, what you can do is you can go directly to um, all the, you know, basically a portal where you can type in your zip code and it pulls up the uh, nearest provider or event where you can go and get your uh, your vaccine. So they've really done a good job of, of streamlining this um, recently. And, um, you know, I, just a couple of things that I would say just um, to folks who maybe haven't gotten vaccine, uh, vaccinated yet, um, it, when, you did, when you do go to your vaccination appointment, make sure you bring uh, your driver's license or a proof of identity. Make sure you bring your health insurance card because um, even though it's covered, uh, and there's no cost to get the vaccine. If you have health insurance, there will, you know, they will, uh, they will want to use your, uh, you know, your provider may bill your insurer. So, um, you know, there may be that. Uh, of course, if you're on Medicaid or Medicare, then um, you may want to have that information. But otherwise, there's no cost to get it done. It's a very simple process. Um, and, you know, uh, and I'm sure your listeners know that the, the, the two the two pharma, um, pharma companies that require a second dose are Pfizer and Moderna. So there is there is a second dose that has to be administered if you have one of those two. Um, so yeah, so um, if you haven't done it, now's the time to get signed up. And of course, as you probably have also heard later this, I think actually beginning of the summer, maybe middle of summer. Um, the vaccine will be available to uh, kids under 16. So uh, that will get loosened up for students who are looking to get vaccinated before they return to school next year. And let's remind the listeners, too, once you get the vaccinations, either the the one or the one-two dosages, you will be giving a card that you need to keep that card. Um, I've already heard people say they lost them. How do we get a replacement? Well, that sometimes may be difficult. You have to go to where you got your shot administered, and hopefully they, they I'm sure they kept records. Uh, but I definitely need to keep keep that card for possible future use and as well as proof that you got the vaccination on a given date and uh, when you got the second dosage as well. So so you mentioned bring all your, your, your health insurance cards, but Medicare, Medicaid, and private insurance and secondary plans and all that, that things when you, when you go as well. And right, it is totally free. 
and uh, et cetera. So we just want to inform people. You make your own decision about about it. So that's you know that's my position on on my radio show. I know it's AERSP's position. It's it's not to persuade people to get them, but it's definitely to inform and educate, and you make your own particular decision for you and your your you and your loved ones as well. Isn't that right? Yeah, and I would say this to anybody, um, family member, friends, one of your listeners, readers, uh, you know, if you have questions or if you're hesitant about getting the vaccine, talk to your provider. Um, You're absolutely right. Um, This is about getting informed, educating yourself. So if you have any questions about the vaccines themselves, then um, always talk to your provider. They'll be able to answer your questions. And a couple things about the vaccine card, you brought up a good point, Um, if you do lose it, you can contact whoever um, gave you your vaccine or your, even your local health department. They should have a copy of it. Um, now, what I will say is a couple things you can do. You can take a, a picture of it with your smartphone and keep it for your records. Um, so that's something that um, I would highly recommend doing. However, do not post a photo of the card to any type of social media sites, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those kinds of things, um, we're learning that, that that can make you vulnerable to identity theft. So I would just caution uh, or really stress to avoid uh, putting your card picture online in any way. Uh, but take a picture of it. Keep it for yourself. That way, if you do lose your card, you've got uh, a photocopy of it in your on your phone. I'm definitely glad you mentioned I was about to mention it as well, but that's very critical. When it, first, when it first came out and people started getting cards, Andrew, I could not believe, I mean, people posting it and included all their information. Uh, Most of them even had their Medicare number on the card, and they were bragging uh, about it. And, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of scams going out there. This is the newest one, and it is really yep. getting rampant. Too many people bragging about it and want to show proof with their card. They don't need it. They just need to say they got it, and that's it. No, don't show the proof of the card, right? Uh, it's, exactly. it's, it's so sad. Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now, work more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by A-Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer in AERP, Louisiana. I'm Gary Kalikas, and I thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest, is Mr. Andrew Moe, who is the Director of Advocacy with AERP, Louisiana. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Gary. So here's live in home. Uh, so let's talk about that. That want to live in home. Uh, so let's talk about that. Your, your major one of the major focuses of legislation of this current year and prior years as well, let's say, is to help eliminate that waiting list. Of, I think it's currently 11,500 people have been waiting for community choice waivers so they can age in place and live independently at home. So elaborate on that. Yeah, well, um, first of all, AARP is a part of a coalition of organiza- uh, organizations 
known as the Live at Home Louisiana Coalition. And what this is, this is a group of, of organizations who are committed to eliminating the wait list you just spoke about, which um, is currently at about 11,500 people who have requested what's known as a community choices waiver. And this waiver is very simple. It's, uh, it's basically just an alternative to living in a nursing home. Um, and it, um, the waiver is a service where a, a paid caregiver comes into your home and uh, helps you with very basic services like bathing, getting dressed, um, some life-skilled nursing, uh, transportation, uh, cooking, cleaning, those kinds of things. And um, therefore, individuals who have a disability or who have difficulty, you know, performing some of these tasks themselves without assistance. So what this uh, Community Choice Waiver really does is it prevents you from uh, being uh, or relying too much on uh, care from someone else and, and uh, eventually being uh, forced or um, put into a nursing home. So this allows people to stay at home in their community uh, where they're surrounded with, you know, friends, family, loved ones, and neighbors, and um, they're able to continue to age in place and live independently. And unfortunately, well, I, I should also mention that that current wait list, it, let's say that you want to be, you want to receive those services, that current wait list is about a seven-and-a-half-year wait. And, that's uh, so and I'll sad. get to a little bit more about it. Yeah, it really is. Um, and uh, the um, uh, the reason why we're in this situation is because Louisiana has uh, we have really kind of um, put a lot of, a lot more emphasis and priority on funding nursing home uh, care instead of home and community based services. Which what we know is that that's where the majority of people want to live and so yeah seven and a half because of that because there's so little funding for these services it's a seven and a half year wait um which gary as you probably can assume or guess is a lot of people don't live long enough uh to receive that particular waiver so um it's something that is really important to aarp as well as the the, the live at home louisiana coalition and so right now uh we're currently in the legislative session, the 2021 session. Um, as, as I'm sure many of your listeners are aware, there's about three and a half weeks left. Uh, June 10th is the, uh, the final day. So we're working with legislators to fund more of these community choices waivers. And there's currently funding in the budget to increase uh, the waivers by 500. So we would be getting 500 new waivers to the state that, that the state health department could then go and fill with individuals who who have been waiting so um that's been our big priority this year um and you know i, I think it, it, it goes without saying that um the majority of people want to live at home um and probably could with just a little bit of care to get them by um a lot of family members help uh friends neighbors but this is it, it this is it you don't have um, someone who can take off of work to, to care for you when you need it or if it's in the middle of the night, that kind of thing. So um, this is a very popular waiver service 
uh, and we're just trying to get, uh, you know, educate more people about it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. So it is, you know, it is a, it, it's, it's a benefit to the family to make the, make the, 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 the patient or the, the person receiving the care, getting that care at home where they want to get it. They, most of them do not want to be institutionalized and they feel that that's the right. last, that's, that's, uh, and they're going to live a, a much happier life to be quick access to family members who come visit. But the other thing you mentioned, which is important, it's going to be a burden on the sometimes on the family members without this extra assistance to, to, for respite uh, as well as care at home. Isn't that right? That's right. I mean, um, I will say this, uh, and you know this is, uh, as well, but taking care of a, a loved one um, is an incredibly rewarding experience in many ways, but it's also very challenging. Um, it's, it's emotionally challenging. It can be financially challenging. It can be physically challenging. So you're absolutely right. Um, this waiver helps to really kind of supplement um, some of the care that a family may be giving uh, to a loved one and kind of helps to uh, give some respite to that family. Uh, and these are very cost-effective uh, waivers. Um, the, the, I guess the frustrating part um, is that Louisiana is really trending the wrong way. Most states have figured out that the more emphasis you can put on these Community Choices waivers, then the less, you know, the less taxing um, your budget will be, the less stress, you know, stressed your budget will be, your state budget, uh, and the less funding uh, would be necessary for older adults that could be diverted to other priorities in your state. Uh, Louisiana, unfortunately, is trending the wrong way. The majority of of, of our elders here in Louisiana. Um, could be receiving that care, and they're not, and so a lot of them are institutionalized. And it's not a knock on nursing homes because nursing homes do play an important role in your long-term care continuum, and there is going to be a time and a place uh, where a nursing home will be the more acceptable or more um, adequate level of care. And really all we're saying is what if it's not and if that individual can be taken care of at, at home with just a little bit of uh, resources, then that should be uh, the way that we go. Well, my, the other important thing we need to mention that these 11,500, I'm sure it's probably increased because people apply for it and get on the waiting list uh, probably every day throughout our state. Uh, again, that's a mm-hmm. that's a statewide number, everyone. It's not just Cattle Parish or Bozier Parish or the Northwest Louisiana. It's throughout the state. And, of course, there's certain individuals that are waiting in different uh, particular uh, by parish and as well as in the city, et cetera. So hopefully those individuals will get some relief. They're on the waiting list in some sort of order. Uh, and I remember asking at some at some presentation given by a state official, and I didn't get an interesting answer about how the people are placed on the waiting list. Did you ever get an answer about that? How are they listed? Um, by the oldest How are they? listed by are they the first oh, one that submitted nine uh, years ago or is it is it by criteria of need? It's uh, first come first serve really. There now there are some criteria that will um, move you up the list, um, but for the most part, it's first it's first come first serve. If you are currently in a nursing home, 
then that you do get moved to the top of the list. But there's a caveat there because once you're in a nursing home, um, it's tough to get out. So um, that, you know, a lot of people may not want to admit a loved one into a nursing home just to get them moved to the top of the list because then there's a process to get them, um, you know, out of the nursing home. But for the most part, it really is first come, first serve. At least that's always been my understanding. And the other question I have is, do we know how many do they fund normally? We're, we're hoping to get 500 more. Do we know how much yeah. they, they fund on a given year, typical year, like last year, without the extra yeah. 500? I would hate to misspeak on that, but I think it's around it's several thousand. Um, you know, it's not as many as you would think. It's so several thousand, but we have other people that are added to the list, and that's why this list never gets dwindled down too much, which is already so much on the baseline, right? That's correct. And then the, and the, what dwindles the list um, is usually, let's say somebody passes away, um, somebody might move out of state, so then their name would be scrubbed off the list. Um you know, so, you know, there are, you know, usually the reasons why somebody might come off the list are not typically because they got a waiver. It's because they, you know, there was another reason why they came off the list. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It's an ebb and flow type of thing. It, it goes up and then it comes back down if they ever have to do, like, a validation of the list and end up removing some names. And then it might go back up as people call in to, you know, as people request a waiver. And it's actually um, – do you want? Do you mind if I give the yes. number? No, no, definitely. That folks can call. Okay, if you um, if you want a community choices waiver, um, it's actually uh, a pretty simple process. Um, you have to call the Office of Aging and Adult Services, which is within the Louisiana Health Department. Um, you can call one eight seven seven four five six. One one four six. Again, that's eight seven seven four five six one one four six. And that is if you want to add your name to the registry, or if you just have general questions about the program itself, you can call that eight eight seven seven number, and um, somebody will be able to come and answer your question. And you know, there are. It's not just as simple as calling and getting added. I mean, there are currently you know there are current income limits that you have to meet. Um, you know, there's a qualification for services, more or less. You know, you have to right. meet the Medicaid eligibility, those kinds of things. So It's no um, harm in asking and getting them. evaluated. It, that's what I tell people that question to me about it. Just, and a lot of people know about the waiting list, but I said it's no harm if you think your loved one uh, can can utilize these services to live in place at home and independently and, don't, and you really don't want to put her in a nursing home. Give them a call and put, get on the waiting list. Get evaluated. There's no harm. There's no cost involved. Get evaluated. It's like uh, it's not going to be used, definitely used against you. So the other thing I want to ab- advocate to my listeners out there is if you're on this waiting list, shouldn't they either at least annually make sure that they're still on the list or they're not update themselves? They do, yeah. They, they, they do an annual they call it a validation of the list. Um, they would know more about it than I do, but they do call or send maybe postcards or information in the mail, basically asking if you're still wanting a waiver, 
and if you still need one, and you know, making sure you're still same address and those kinds of things. And that's important yeah, to respond to that as well, right? It's very important. That, to yeah. It's very important. Oh, absolutely. Because if you don't respond, they're, 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 they're going to think it's no longer needed, and you're getting pulled up, and even though you definitely may need it, uh, for you or your loved one, it, it, it's sad. And I'm sure that there are many people that disregard the call, disregard the card letter that are sent, and it, it's sad. Uh, I've, I've heard of people that have done that. So it's it's hard to get back on the system that you inappropriate did not respond to the the request. And I'm sure during this COVID-19 pandemic, the, the state officials and state office workers were, you know, a lot of them working at home. A lot of them, it was a little bit chaotic, as it was in many other industries, including the government. So, you know, definitely you need to help help in, uh, in getting yourself uh, available for that those particular services that could be rendered at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell our, tell Alyssa, before we go to break, there there is positive news. And, and do you need their help? Do you need people's help in the area? Absolutely. And... What I would um, so yeah so the good news is we 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 made a request um, to get more funding for 500 new waiver slots, which it was uh, put in the first second draft of the budget. The budget still has to pass and be signed by the governor, which will happen in mid to late June. So we are still we still need folks to advocate on behalf of this important service. And what I would um, suggest, if I may, is uh, if you want more information about some of the things we, that, that Gary and I have talked about this morning, please feel free to give me a call. Um, you can email me as well. My email address is my first uh, first initial last name, so A-M-U-H-L, A-M-U-H-L, at aarp.org. And um, my phone number is, you can call me on, on my AARP phone, which is 225-276-1941. That's 276-1941 with an a, a 225 area code. And, uh, you know, we're always looking for advocates who want to advocate either on, on behalf of themselves or a family member or loved one who is currently dealing with this uh, challenge. Or, or if you just have general questions about some of the other things that we, uh, that we work on, we're happy to... To, to talk with you and, um, uh, you know, add you to our, our growing grassroots um, volunteer list. So, we're, you know, we're, we're always working with our legislators at the Capitol, and we could certainly use your help. And I think the more people that advocate um, do do help. But, again, I want to mention to my listeners, you don't have to be an AARP member to, to, get to, uh, to be an advocate as well as to help uh, Andrew and others in getting this needed changes to our legislative law and administrative changes uh, to benefit all, you know, citizens of, of, of all ages in our in our state. So, again, uh, appreciate you sharing that information with my listeners as well. Let's hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, Town and Country Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 7. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Key. 
Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebers Tenant Country Ish Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Mr. Andrew Mull, the Director of Advocacy with AARP Louisiana. Thank you, Andrew, for taking time to be on our show today. Thank you, Gary. So we talked a little bit about COVID. We talked about helping older adults live at home. Uh, two great uh, topics that we need to advocate to people throughout the state of Louisiana and other states. But I thought an interesting one that I was not aware of is that AERP and others are trying to improve health care access by removing outdated nurse practitioner licensing barriers. Well, before we close, give our listeners a little bit of update about that, which I was unaware of. Right. Um, so in Louisiana, um, the way that our current law works is that um, if you are a nurse practitioner, you um, are required um, to have a collaborative agreement with a physician. Um, now, what that means is you basically have to be a phone call away from a physician, um, and, and typically in these cases, the doctor of the physician might live in another state, um, uh, you know, several hundred miles away, and um, there is there is a cost to having that collaborative practice agreement that usually is um, covered by you know that it's up to the nurse practitioners; it's their responsibility. So when COVID um, and so AARP has been advocating on uh, you know we've been advocating to remove that uh, red tape that. Um, it, what it's done is it's, it's created really a barrier to practice uh, healthcare for a lot of nurse practitioners because it's very costly. And so Louisiana uh, has uh, a lot of underserved communities that could really be uh, helped by nurse practitioners in that area who um, are, are unable to practice because of the cost of the collaborative practice. The governor issued an emergency order to 2020. The, the governor issued an emergency order that uh, temporarily removed that collaborative practice agreement. So since um, since that time, uh, currently Louisiana has been, you know, nurse practitioners have, have had that waived. So what there, there's a bill that's currently moving through the legislative process right now that would just make that permanent. And AER supports that because, um, you know, uh, 25 states have done the same thing. And they've seen increases in uh, or improvements in access to health care in their states. Uh, and so we think that really it's in the best interest of, of the state to do that. And it's better for consumers uh, who then will have hopefully more access to, to health care because more nurse practitioners will be able to practice in their communities. So um, that bill is currently going through the process right now. It, uh, it hasn't gone all the way or been signed by the governor yet, but it's about halfway through. So it, it, it moves to the Senate um, for the week of May 17th. Um, so that's when it will be um, debated by the, the full Senate. So we're anxiously anticipating that, and AARP will again be supporting it um, as we have in the past. And unfortunately, 
past several years it's it's failed, but we're hoping this year uh, we will be successful. So we're working on that right now. And isn't the other reason that in certain rural areas it's very difficult to get physicians to actually practice there, but they nurse practitioners are available to go to those and, and reside or take care of those patients in those rural communities, not just in our state, but other states, right? Yeah, absolutely. It has been. Um, it has been a challenge. And, you know, so what we're doing right now is we're educating legislators on, um, on, on, on this particular issue. And, you know, again, um, and I misspoke, I said half the states have, have, have removed barriers. It's actually 23 states. Um, so the majority of the healthiest states in the country have this removed barrier uh, to care for nurse practitioners. So um, we think that it will improve the health of our state, um, and it has a lot of support currently. Um, we're, just, we're just hoping uh, that we can continue to you know, hopefully nudge it across the finish line, which we hope to do in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's that's another good positive indication. Nudge it across there. Before we close here, um, I've had more people ask me about reducing prescription drug prices. Are we are we still mm-hmm. advocating that? Um, helping educate lawmakers about that particular issue. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's something that we've also been working on for uh, a long time. Um, and I think, you know, we're, what we'll probably be doing is um, hopefully uh, supporting legislation next year that will do, you know, maybe several different things. I, I know that one of the, the issues that we've been really struggling with is um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, you know, have, have seen their, their – um, prescription drug prices rise and increase. And so what we would really want to see the state do is pass a law that would increase the disclosure around a pharmaceutical company's pricing practices. We think that that will result in more meaningful and actionable information for for states and for consumers uh, and really help, you know, help consumers determine whether um, that drug price is is, is justified. Um, so uh, you know that's something that we're going to be working on next year. But we're we're always um, trying to raise the visibility of high prescription drug prices and find ways that we can lower them for consumers. Because what we hear from AARP members and just the older adult population in general is that. Um, a lot of people are paying way too much for prescription drugs. And, um, you know, a transparency bill like I just spoke about won't necessarily reduce drug prices overnight, but it, what it will do is it will um, kind of, you know, shed light on uh, on the pricing practices of pharmaceutical companies, and it might make it more easier to uh, – might make it more easy to address those costs down the road. It, has, a, it has that sentinel effect, that sentinel effect that possibly will definitely, exactly. it, it may take time, but it will definitely reduce it in the near future. Well, thank you, Andrew, Absolutely. for taking time to be on my show and educate us. Uh, give us a lot of great information. Again, as as he mentioned, you can contact AARP Louisiana at their toll-free number at one 866 or visit their fabulous website at www.aarp.org backslash 
L.A. So thank you, Andrew, for being on our show, and best wishes for continued success in advocating for seniors and boomers in the state of Louisiana. I enjoyed it, Gary. Thank you. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. Hope you'll join us next Saturday for another interesting show to benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times at one of our distribution locations. Do visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.